my name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis. And what a great opportunity today we have to continue this conversation on justifying grace, our response to the existing prevailing love of God, and to look at it through the words of the love scripture. And to talk about the ways that God shows God's love towards us and the ways that we are challenged to show those loves to uh, that love to others. And to use the words of uh, one of the people who spent most of his life trying to show children what love truly is. I, I kind of love the opportunities that I get to flip through this book. And this is something we do weekly during our in-person Bible study on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. We're inside our sanctuary, spaced out. We're wearing masks. Uh, we have the air going. We've got the doors open for airflow. And we're doing our best to care for each other. As we, we are currently going through the Jesus Calling book. But uh, come uh, when we get to our time of Lent, we're going to be studying Dr. Adam Hamilton's book, The Way, uh, together. So uh, that's coming up. And uh, we'll have this time of focus and prayer together. But today... We're going to use the Apostle Paul's words. We're going to use John Wesley's understanding of justifying grace. And we're going to use the words of Fred Rogers and talk about what it means to truly love. Let's look once again at the narrative that I presented on Sunday. That love is active. And Fred Rogers, he describes love as a struggle, a willingness to work and to do the work, to love individuals for who they truly are. Now the tools for doing that comes from the words of the Apostle Paul as we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 through the beginning of verse 8 where it says that love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. I want us to remember from our conversation on Sunday the actions of justifying grace that exist and all those things. Now, I've, I already broke those down in our Sunday, January 30th sermon, so I won't break them down again. But I do want us to remember that with each thing that love is, it affixes itself to an action of justifying grace where we're both interacting with the grace of Jesus Christ to receive those things, and we are interacting with the grace of Jesus Christ to share those things. So all these things are crucial and important as we look at what it means to live within the active struggle, the active challenge of truly celebrating what love is so in other times 
that we've looked, we've done this. I've kind of spun to the pages. I've opened the random pages, and I've read a quote, and I've tried to pontificate on how that quote links in to the scripture and links in to the conversation today. So I will be doing that today. I've already opened the the first one, but as you can, as I'll show you with our next thing, I, I have no markings in here. There's no bookmarks. And we'll just see random phrasings from our, my favorite Presbyterian minister, Mr. Fred Rogers. And we'll talk about how it displays these words of the Apostle Paul that love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails one of the strongest things we have to wrestle with in our lives is the significance of the longing for perfection in ourselves and in the people bound to us by friendship or parenthood or childhood again all of these quotes are from mr rogers but let's read through these one at a time again. One of the strongest things we have to wrestle with in our lives is the significance of the longing for perfection in ourselves and in the hope the people bound to us by friendship or parenthood or child. This phrasing almost directly connects to the scripture. One of the strongest things we have to wrestle with in our lives is the significance of the longing for perfection in ourselves and in the people bound to us by friendship or parenthood or child childhood. When we link back to the, the phrase that I used over and over again on Sunday, the active struggle of love it's where that we get to this place where that we can set aside our ideal to see the best and the blessings of those that we're dealing with. When we set away our ideals of what the best is and what the best should be and what the best ought to be, that we can see the potential that truly exists in other people where that we long for individuals to reach our ideal of perfection, we even remember the words of John Wesley that shares that we are constantly people moving on towards perfection. And I always love that phrasing, and I always point out what exists in that phrasing is we're not individuals that succeed or obtain perfection in our current be being but we are individuals who are constantly moving on towards perfection if we're able to set aside our ideals and we exist within what fred rogers describes as the active struggle of love we need to have we need to have the patience the kindness 
We need to set aside the envy and we need to not boast for who we think we are. We need not to be proud in ourselves because within those things we accidentally dishonor others. We actually add to ourselves in this not self-seeking. And we kind of show our anger at times when people aren't reaching the places that we think that they should be. And unintentionally, we're keeping records against them within that process, too. We're on this journey that we're all individual creatures created within God's love. And within our own individualities, as the Apostle Paul also shares, we are different body parts, we have different gifts, and we all excel in different places where others do not. And we need the other body parts to step in where we don't excel. And instead of holding on to something that individuals will never get, and instead of holding on to things that we'll never earthly succeed towards, we're able to truly love people for who they are. I, I just kind of glanced over at this other one. Instead of actually changing the pa pages, it allows individuals to give us their greatest gift. And this next quote from Fred Rogers is the greatest gift you ever give is your honest self. When we're allowed to exist within our vulnerabilities, as I shared on Sunday, as we are allow ourselves to exist within our flaws and our pains, within our hurts, within our suffering, we begin the ones who actively live the struggle of this definition of love for ourselves. When we allow ourselves to be our honest selves and not feel limited by identities that we can't exceed on our own, we begin to have patience for ourselves. We begin to have kindness for ourselves. We lack the envy of what other peoples have that we don't have. And we set aside boasting and being loud about what we can do so that we can feel better about what we don't have. When we allow ourselves to be our greatest gift, the greatest gift you ever give is your honest self. When we allow ourselves to see ourselves as our honest selves, we honor what God made us to be. Book closes. No bookmarks. It came to me ever so slowly that the best way to know the truth was to begin with trusting what my inner truth was and trying to share it, not right away, only after that I had worked hard at trying to understand it. Again, all these are quotes from Fred Rogers. This is the willingness to be on that journey on our own. This is our willingness to be on the journey of moving on towards perfection. And never so clearly has a phrase come out that points directly about what it means to look at the active struggle of what love is for ourselves. I'm going to read this again, and then I'm going to paint that active personal struggle onto uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through the beginning of verse 8. Here's Mr. Rogers again. It came to me ever so slowly 
that the best way to know the truth was to begin trusting what my inner truth was and trying to share it, not right away, only after I had worked hard at trying to understand it. The personal inner struggle that he is sharing in this. Taking the time to understand who we are so that we don't set ideals that we can't live up to, but we can live in the true, honest truth to give our pure gift of being of our honest selves to ourself. Love is patient when we're patient with ourselves. Love is kind when we're kind to ourselves. It does not envy what other peoples have, and it does not boast over the things that we feel we have because we're worried about what we don't. It's not proud. Now, here's what I here's what I like. It doesn't dishonor others. It also shouldn't dishonor ourselves, which comes a conundrum. It uh, the next state, statement. It is not self-seeking. So let me paint a narrative with you that finding a place that we allow ourselves to be ourselves really is not a self-seeking task. When we allow ourselves to give the gift of our honest self, which was our previous quote, we are being our pure selves with another person, which hopefully enables that person to be their true selves as well, and they find freedom within that truth. There's a beautiful reality that exists. Is that we're called to love our neighbors. And we and many people have that nailed down. We They know what it means to love their neighbor. They know what it means to go to the soup kitchen. Or to take clothes to Goodwill. Or, or to be a part of some project that enables other people to find the care that they may need. In very crucial moments of their lives. We know what it means to love our neighbor but at times we forget the crucial point as we love ourselves and there's a difference between being self-seeking and honoring God's creation when we find the ability to honor what God created us to be and we use those gifts and those graces to enable others to do the same freedom happens not just for us but for others Let's do a couple of more quotes. We'll, we won't have a long Bible study today. Let's do, let's do one more. Book closed. Book open. I believe that infants and babies whose mothers give them loving comfort whenever and however they can are truly the fortunate ones. I think they're more likely to find life's times of trouble manageable. And I think they may also turn out to be the adult, adults most able to pass loving concern along to the generation that follows them. So I'm going to fix this quote a little bit. Because unfortunately... And this is a reality that we exist in, and it existed in Mr. Rogers' time as well. Unfortunately, we have dear friends who do not receive love in the places that they should receive love. 
We have dear friends who who find their true selves, who 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 bless others with sharing their honest selves with others and they're tormented for it. I think about our brothers and sisters in the LGBTQIA plus community when I make that statement. I think about dear hearted souls who have parents that had a hard time with it. And they had parents who, because of um, mental health issues, emotional health issues, had the inability to care for them in the ways that they wish that they could care for them. So they go through that struggle. And I think because that they went through that struggle, because that individuals go through the struggle that Mr. Rogers shared in the first quote, the love is an active struggle of loving someone for who they truly are. We've seen so many people who have gone into the lives of, of, of being um, social workers or being Sunday school teachers or teachers or coaches or caregivers so that they can be the ones to give the love that they miss and become counselors. And they help other people with